Are you into working out and sports since your weight loss surgery? Wondering what to eat before and after your workouts? If you need more carbs, maybe calories too? Do you need a supplement for muscle gain? Coming up, bariatric sports dietitian Kim Terapelli joins me to answer many of your questions and share the latest on sports nutrition. They're back. Calcium Dark Chocolate Bars, a ProCare Health customer favorite. Now available online at ProCareNow.com. Creamy chocolate plus calcium and vitamin D. You'll love them too. Use code SUSAN10 to save 10%. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 137. Tired of all the hype and confusion when it comes to nutrition, especially bariatric nutrition? It's enough to make you say, forget about it. I don't know what to do. Well, I do. I know what to do. When it comes to your bariatric surgery, nutrition is specific. So let's cut through all the hype. Let's get to the accurate nutrition information you need to know. Simple strategies that work in your real life. I created the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast for you. You're in the right place, and I'm glad you're listening. I want to give a shout out today to Lovey, who said, you're the best, Dr. Susan. Your topics are always informative and relatable. Well, thank you, Lovey. That's my goal, to provide you with helpful information that meets you where you are right now. Well, joining me in the studio is dietitian Kim Taylor, Kim Tara Paley. Kim and I have had a hard time this morning getting me to pronounce her name correctly. (laughs) She's a a certified specialist in sports dietetics who focuses on bariatric sports nutrition. She's worked with bariatric clients and athletes for the last 16 years since she was also a collegiate sports dietitian for a Division I university. Now, Kim works one-on-one with her clients to optimize nutrition to meet exercise goals after weight loss surgery. And you can also listen to Kim on her podcast, the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. Find all the links to Kim's website, her podcast, or social media all in the show notes. Well, hi, Kim. I'm surprised you want to join me after I butchered your name now about three or four times. I'm so glad you're here today. Oh my gosh, no problem at all. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, when I I first found out that you were going to be a guest on the podcast, I, I put a poll in my Facebook group to see what questions they had about sports nutrition, and they had a lot. So let's jump right in and answer as many as we can today. Sure. So first up, I want you to clarify, because I think this is something so many people wonder about. How far out from surgery should you be before you start heavier workouts like lifting and different types of sports? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, always obviously the surgeon, uh, your surgical center will give guidelines as to when you can begin, you know, weight training or lifting um, after the surgery. But, you know, as as you know, and as our as our bariatric patients know, is in the first year, your intake is, is somewhat low, you know, and um, exercising demands higher nutritional intake. So typically what I see where folks can start to really kind of increase it slowly, definitely through the first three months. Um, but even if you want to start lifting more, you know, heavy 
waits, I would say, at least a minimum of six months before you're really trying to, you know, significantly increase, uh, you know, weight training. Um, and then again, like I said, you have to kind of listen to your body based on how you feel and, and how you're able to fuel for that movement. And do you think the same thing, Kim, for sports? So if one, one, someone wants to get into running again or training for, um, let's say, half marathons or starting to bike heavy, do you still say six months or do you like that to go out to a year or... Does yeah. it depend on the person and their surgery? It does. It's, it's going to be highly dependent on, you know, what surgery they had, where they're at with their fueling, how much they can tolerate, how much they can take in. Because, of course, more endurance training does require, you know, more carbohydrate intake, more overall energy intake. And so it's, it's typically harder to do at the earlier in those earlier first, you know, first six months to do more endurance training. And so typically what I see is folks start off, you know, with the lower levels, maybe they're going to start a, a couch to 5k and then they can build up from there. Um, but you're going to be fueled better for that type of activity. Um, if you're a little bit farther out from when you had your surgery, you know, six months is typically where folks have, you know, gotten through those initial stages, they're starting to increase um, different variety of food intake, they're adding more carbohydrate to their protein. Um, and so they can feel a little bit better in doing that type of activity. Agreed. And now some of these questions coming up are going to be pretty broad and generic, and some of them are a little bit more specific to some of the people in the group. But one of the questions really broad, do I need more calories every day if I work out hard? And, and I know hard is a word that you know, varies person to person. So how do you address that? Yeah. So yes. So I, I definitely take a look at what they're doing. How so? How often they're working out? How how long is the workout? Um, and other factors that come into play too. Again, is where you are with your nutritional intake from when you had your surgery. Are you able to tolerate more calories? And yes. So in general, to answer the question, typically it does require some increase in calories to fuel the workouts. But again, it depends on the type of exercise that you're doing. And so what I usually will say is, you know see how you're feeling. You know, uh, take a look at your overall intake. How do you feel in your workouts? Gauge from there whether, yeah, I'm just feeling really run down. I don't feel like I'm recovering well. That's where maybe we need to look at, are you taking inadequate protein to help with muscle recovery? Do we need to bolster in a snack pre or post-workout that has maybe a little bit more carbohydrates so that, again, you can get through that workout better fueled? And I'm thinking too, because uh, we have a, a number of people who are trying to gain muscle. And yes. the generic question there was, well, how many calories should I add if I'm trying to gain muscle? Yeah, Do you look a, at that just the same way as a hard workout or a little differently? Yeah. So for specifically for muscle gaining, um, we're going to look at number one, you know, yes, overall calories. I generally start low. So when I work with someone, I will see where they're at, what's their baseline calorie intake. And then if they're like, yes, I am really trying to build muscle, um, I typically will recommend starting with a very conservative increase of about 200 calories. Because for someone that hasn't had bariatric surgery, they may increase, you know, somewhat higher, maybe 500 calorie jump. Right, right. Um, and that's not going to be doable for a bariatric uh, client just because you, you know, they can't tolerate that much volume. So I st typically start with maybe 200 calories. We see how we feel. We gradually increase. And then the second part to that is going to be, yes, we focus on your protein as well. Overall total daily protein intake is the number one factor for muscle gaining. We need to look at how many grams are you taking in now? Where can we kind of increase that to see that muscle gaining, uh, you know, uh, goal? achieved. Yeah. So that was the next question. Do I need more grams of protein daily for my workouts? Yes. So typically what the recommended range is for muscle gaining, um, and keep this in mind, this is utilizing your goal weight, or even if you know your lean body mass, the recommended range is about 0.7 to one gram per pound. And so what you would do is you take your weight, again, you would use a, your 
your goal weight that maybe your surgeon is is recommending you work towards, or if you know your lean body mass through a body composition uh, measurement, you can multiply that by 0.7 at the low end, which is where I always recommend we start. We don't need to jump up high. Um, start there and see, okay, what is that amount of grams of protein and see if I can reach that. And, and then you can gauge if you need more than that based on your trend. Okay. And then going along with carbs and that, the next question was, how many grams of carbs do I need daily for my weight training? And this kind of goes with another, so I'm going to put it in with it so you can think of them together. Should I eat more carbs if I'm exercising more? So I guess we're looking at both exercising more and weight training, and how does this affect our grams of carbs? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so as you know, carbs kind of get a bad rap, you know, so to speak. Yes, they do. <laughs> right? And it's like, they're good for us. It's okay. I know it. You know, so I typically say, listen, um, you know, when we get to a point where, hey, you're doing a great job on meeting your protein intake, because of course, that's the priority initially after the surgery. And then we start kind of liberalizing the diet. We start introducing, you know, more vegetables and fruits and whole grains. Those are great for you. And they help fuel our muscles for exercise. So because carbohydrate is the main energy source, especially at higher intensity workouts. And if you are trying to gain muscle, we do need those carbohydrates as well. Um, typically, I look at where they're at with their intake, how they're feeling. And then I will say, okay, usually bariatric uh, clients can tolerate, you know, anywhere from maybe about 30 grams at a meal. Maybe they can start incre increasing that incrementally by 15 grams. Because again, with a bariatric athlete, you can't just say, Let's use these sports nutrition guidelines, which recommend significantly higher amount of carbs. Right, it's, right. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely not, applicable. not. Yeah, not applicable to a bariatric client. So you have to start where they are. And I typically will just do increments of 15 to 30 grams at a meal to see how they feel. And then I'll also strategize with them is timing of maybe adding in a snack if they need to pre-workout, especially if they're, you know, exercising a long time after they've had their last meal. Maybe it would benefit them to throw in something like a Greek yogurt, which has carbs and protein and well-tolerated. Um, and then that way, they're, they're seeing the, those carbs come in that can fuel their muscles. So to answer your question, there is no set number of carbohydrates that I could say to every person out there, this is how many you need, because it's so individualized. But what Agreed. I would tell, you know, what I would say is just, let's find out where you are right now. Let's maybe add 15 grams at each meal, see how you feel. And that can be something like a half banana. That's 15 grams. That can be like, you know, a piece of toast, if you want, maybe you add some peanut butter to that. Um, and, and we go from there. So side note, when you, we already know that people have a fear of eating carbs right. and they're like, oh no, I don't want to eat the carbs. I'm going to gain weight. And you know that they need more carbs for their workout. Mm -hmm. How do you overcome that feeling of, I don't want to add carbs when you know they need carbs? It's, it, you know, it's something and when I work with, you know, the, the client one on one, it's something that we talk about because think of it more as a, as a mindset shift of we're fueling our body to achieve these goals that you have of, you know, moving your body. You're trying to, you know, maybe achieve some, you know, we start a half marathon or you're cycling and such great, exciting goals, you know, or weightlifting. And the carbohydrates are just an energy source. They're just fuel for our body to be able to move more efficiently and effectively and feel better in the workout. So I typically start with let's talk a little bit about the mindset around carbohydrates and then finding what works for them and what they enjoy. And we start with that. It's about adding and optimizing the plate. You know, it's not about like good, bad. I try to stay away from that. All foods can fit. Um, and we just have to find what works best for you and what you tolerate. Well, we'll be back in a moment. And Kim will tell us whether it's normal to be hungrier someday than others. Don't go anywhere. Bariatric surgery success is thrilled to partner with New Hope Girls, women empowering women. They offer a discount to our community. Code. 
Transform to save 15% and celebrate our shared commitment to transformation. Shop their beautiful bags at newhopegirls.com. Okay, Kim. So is it normal to be hungrier some days and not others? Absolutely. You know, and that just changes regardless of exercise or not. But certainly when you are increasing exercise over time, you often will have, a you know, maybe increased appetite and that's totally normal. Um, and what I say to that is, again, we're looking at how do you feel in the workout? How are you recovering? How are you sleeping? And that's where we look at maybe it is time to bump up, you know, an additional 100 calories or adding in that pre or that post-workout snack that has some carbs and protein um, to help us feel more full. And, and the other thing I usually tell folks that are, are feeling a little bit more hungry is let's look at your overall timing. Are you going long periods without eating? Are you skipping meals? Are you in a pattern where you're just kind of snacking throughout the day rather than sitting down and using that full capacity of your of your new small stomach to, you know, put in protein, carbohydrates, feel more full and be able to go three to four hours without kind of that, you know, feeling that hunger again. So again, it's strategizing with timing of intake, what we're eating at the meals, making sure we're getting in protein, fiber, um, and just being consistent with that. Yeah, consistency. I think that's so important, right? Okay, so these questions are getting a little bit more specific. So Kim asked, I work out five to six times per week, cardio and strength training. I just can't seem to lose this last 20 to 25 pounds. Could it not be enough water, liquids? I'm stumped. That's such a great question. Yeah. I mean, certainly dehydration and, um, you know, something that I, I tell folks is, you know, we always focus on our calories and, you know, what we're doing for exercise and that kind of thing. And why am I not losing weight? So definitely if you're dehydrated coming into workouts, you won't get the most out of the workout because you're going to fatigue sooner. So fluids do play an indirect role, um, you know, and we don't really give it credit for it. You know, the fluids do play a role, but more so I would say, let's take a look at other factors too. Um, how are you sleeping? What's your stress level in your life? You know, are there other things going on that could be hampering, uh, you know, your, your trend? And then I would just look at, have you changed your exercise routine lately? Has it been the same routine? You know, um, you've been doing the same type of cardio, the same type of lifting. Sometimes just mixing things up will get us out of a plateau. And then lastly, nutritionally, I would, again, I would take a look at logging intake and seeing what am I actually getting in in a typical day, week? You know, what are my trends telling me in terms of my calories and my overall energy intake? Is there something there that we can, you know, change a little bit? Because sometimes we just, hey, we live life and, you know, we get off track a little bit. We don't realize that, oh, I, you know, I've had this or that and, and things can add up. Maybe we don't realize it. So just kind of tuning back in and being a little bit more mindful oftentimes can really help as well. And I think that's so true, Kim. I know that people say, oh, do I have to log again? Do I have to log? But sometimes when you are, what you feel like stuck in a rut, it just really helps to go back and do that, even if it's just three, four or five days, because you'll go, oh, there's a pattern. I didn't realize I was was doing that all the time now. Or look what I added there. And it is really eye-opening if you'll be very authentic and open with yourself and put it down and write, you know, what you're really doing. Don't you think? I couldn't agree with you more on that. And, it, and again, it's it's meant to just be data. And I always just tell folks, I, you know, and I don't tell people they have to log every day for life. It's just meant to be, hey, what's going on? Can I get a snapshot of my current patterns? And understanding this is just data to help me understand if there's something that I need to change. And I think it's a place for both of us to say, we don't judge what you put in the journal. Because I have had uh, numerous clients say to me, listen, 
you're going to think I have a horrible diet or don't judge me. And I'm like, this is, this is a no judgment zone here. What I'm looking at as trends so that I can help you in your journey forward. I'm not looking at to go, really? I can't believe she ate that yesterday. You right. know? <laughs> yes, totally. I agree with you hundred percent. And I think that's so important to know where it's not about judgment at all. It's just about helping you be the best you can be. Yep. Okay. Karen wants to know, I had RNY September, 2022. I'm a regular CrossFitter and vegetarian, always looking for more knowledge. So what's the latest and greatest in that world, Kim, that you might offer? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, right away when I, when I have uh, clients that are vegan or vegetarian, I just, you know, remind them, listen, we need to make sure we are getting in our protein needs because it can be more challenging with a vegetarian or vegan diet just because it's yes, higher, sure. you know, higher fiber intake from fruits and vegetables and, you know, um, the whole grains. So number one, just making sure you're, you're getting in your protein each day, especially if you're doing the CrossFit, which is a lot of, you know, resistance training and explosive movements. Um, and generally speaking, a vegetarian diet does provide ample carbohydrate because again, it has a lot of that plant based proteins and, and carbs. Um, and th- that's, th- they're all great. You know, that's, that's excellent. So I would just say, um, the other thing to take a look at is making sure you're, you're being very consistent with your bariatric vitamin and minerals, because as a vegetarian or vegan, whether you're bariatric athlete or a regular, you know, non-bariatric, uh, client, um, vitamins and minerals of interest for vegetarians and vegans where they, they have to really make sure they're getting this in would be iron, vitamin B12, calcium, vitamin D. And those are ones that are important for bariatric patients as well. So, having that vegetarian vegan diet being you know very active and bariatric uh, patient on top of it those vitamins and minerals are really important to make sure that you're staying on top of lab checks making sure you're taking your vitamins and minerals so that those levels are staying normal they yeah, just because you can really lower. drag if your iron levels low and think totally. and your workouts just aren't going to be where you want them to be 100 percent, yes Okay. And Jason asked, I'd like to get back into running after bariatric surgery. Any tips to safely get back into running and nutrition tips too? Yeah, no, great. I, I you know, just like anyone that's starting a new routine, um, you know, it's always a good idea. Check in, you know, physical therapists are great resources, personal trainers, um, you know, making sure that you're at a place where you can start that activity. And I've had lots of guests on my podcast that are, you know, physical therapists that always just say, start slow. We don't need to jump into a half marathon training program right out of the gate. You know, start with walking. And once that's consistent, maybe you add in some jogging and just start slowly, you know, and that way you can build up and reduce the chances of injury um, or illness occurring from being run down. So I would start with that. And then in terms of the nutrition side of that, I, again, I would see how you feel in your, in your uh, walks or runs. And do I need to have a, you know, maybe some carbohydrate, 15 grams in the hour or two before my workout so that I have that fuel to get me through my walks or my runs. And I would start with that and see how you feel and and stay hydrated too. I think that's great advice. Okay. A little more broad question. What should I eat before or after a workout? Well, great question. So what I typically, let me, let me just start with this. Everybody's different in how much or what they can tolerate as, as you know, and um, very individualized. Totally. And so some athletes that work out super early in the morning, they just, they're like, listen, I can't have anything. And so this is what I'll recommend. So for someone that's, you know, working out, especially 
early in the morning. Make sure that you are incorporating carbohydrates at your meals throughout the day. Make sure that the night before, especially if you know you're going to have a harder workout in the morning, incorporate those carbohydrates at your meal, whether that's your vegetables, your whole grain with your protein. Um, But if it's later in the day, for example, you're incorporating those carbs at your meals. And the hour or two prior to your workout, if you can try to incorporate 15 to 30 grams of carbohydrate, and again, just to give you an example, a half banana is 15 grams, a whole banana is 30 grams. So it's not something, you know, a huge amount um, or even a Greek yogurt, which is going to give us 15 to 20 grams of of carbohydrate. Um, It doesn't have to be a lot. Um, You can start slow. I've had a lot of bariatric uh, clients uh, be successful with the applesauce pouch, just squeezing that in as they walk out the door and getting that into Mm -hmm, their system. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that, so that would be pre-workout. And then post-workout, again, as long as you're eating on a consistent schedule, uh, you know, the what they've shown to be most important for recovery, again, is just overall calories and protein goals being met in the day. Then timing of meals is the next most important in the hierarchy of, you know, nutritional strategies. So if you are looking to optimize that, you want to, again, if you can try to get in about 15 to 30 grams at least of carbs in that recovery meal paired with about 20 to 30, maybe upwards of 40 grams of protein, depending upon what you can tolerate, that's really going to help refuel those muscles to get you ready for your next workout. And as we wrap up, I have one last question that came up several times. Are supplements helpful for muscle gain? And if so, which ones? Yeah, that's a great question. So number one, nutrition, first strategy is always look at what you're overall eating, okay? There is no supplement in the world. There is no silver bullet, right, that can right. fix or help <laughs> you reach it. no. <laughs> I wish there were, you know, we, you know. But um, so number one, we need to look at your, what's your, what are you eating? Once we optimize your, you know, we're looking at maybe strategizing with some, maybe an increase in calories. Let's see where we are. We, optimizing your protein intake, carbohydrates, timing, things like that. After we look at all of those things and make sure we're doing great on those, then if we can look at some supplements. So obviously, some uh, one supplement that has been very, very well uh, researched, the number one most researched uh, supplement out there is creatine monohydrate. Um, before I even talk about it, I always tell every single patient, you never start a new supplement without discussing that with your doctor first. Okay, But creatine monohydrate has been um, uh, very well researched in that it does help with increasing power and strength um, and in your workouts. And that's because creatine uh, provides a basically an energy source to our muscles, a phosphate group that helps create ATP, which is the energy currency in our cell that allows us to do those explosive movements. If you supplement with creatine, it can help you be able to work out longer, harder. And so creatine has been one uh, supplement that has been shown to be beneficial across multiple populations. Um, And in fact, I just had a guest on my podcast that talked all about creatine. And then I would just say looking at, again, rounding out, making sure your bariatric vitamin and minerals uh, that you're taking every day, that those levels are normal. And um, those would be kind of the ones I would really hone in on first. Great answer. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate your time and your willingness. You have answered so many questions that came through the Facebook group. And I know they're going to be excited to hear uh, this podcast, excuse me, and all of your good information, such good information. You've got to come back again. I, I would be honored to, and I'd love to have you on mine as well. Thank you so much. Well, bottom line, you heard Kim, everyone is different. And nutrition is always individualized. So get with your bariatric dietitian. If you're into sports, get with Kim. Remember, it's about making sure what you do works for you, your transformation, and your journey. 
You are worth it. Bariatric surgery success with dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.